Yeah, it's so good. It's so bad that it's good. That is the wrong answer, actually. <laughs> it's just a wild romp. I am feeling this. Yeah, yeah, yeah! All of them! What are you talking yourself into? I'm trying to talk myself into that. This is what this podcast is for. We're also trying to talk you into it. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other, and maybe even you, into liking what we like. This episode is just kind of a funny story. My name is Jimmy, and the Mona Lisa is a disappointment. (laughs) That was really funny. My name is Jeff, and I've entered the Saturday Night Live audience lottery for almost 20 years and have failed year after year after year after year after year. Don't say it 20 times. Just go. So sad. My name is Dan, and when the weather gets cold, there's no amount of cinnamon that is too much cinnamon. It is. There is. There's too much cinnamon. Yeah. Are you going to start doing the cinnamon challenge where you just put it down your throat? I've tried that. It's not You tried that? Why did you try that? Because we were like... In yeah, college I think you were when there, that right? came out, so we were young and impressionable, yeah. and we were like, we also you weren't stupid. I was like, this is probably not possible, but I'll eat a teaspoon of cinnamon. <laughs> yeah. But I was going to, cool. I didn't know exactly how to phrase this fun fact, but I, I wanted to include the fact that no amount of cinnamon for my house to smell like is too much cinnamon. Okay. Do you guys notice walking in? Yeah, I did. Well, I noticed walking into my new house. I walked in one day and I was like, oh, it smells awful in here. And my wife's grandma had plugged in one of those melty things and it had cinnamon. And I was like, ah. You don't like cinnamon? I love cinnamon as an ingredient okay. in Indian meals and in certain desserts. I don't like everything to smell like chemically cinnamon infused candles. I feel you with that. How do you feel about apple? Like apple scented things? Apple. Regular cinnamon? apple. Mm. I have with heart. He likes fruit boy. He likes a, like a sweet apple candle. Yeah. Right. yeah. But I've oh, bought yeah, him like, like an apple stuff. harvest right. candle and he wasn't digging it too much. Yeah. I still have it because it's decorative and it's very nice and there's a picture on it for my <laughs> wedding and uh, it's on a shelf. But I never lit it. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a good friend. I buy personalized uh-huh. candles. Yeah, that's cute. <laughs> yeah, I have an apple like fabric or not fabric softener. We were just talking about fabric <laughs> softeners. Um, I have like an apple thing that you plug into your wall. It smells good. So I bought one of those thinking it was regular apple. Yeah. And then about 10 minutes later, my house smelled like a disgusting apple pie. Just like a burnt charred apple. See, I think and I was like, ugh. Apple cinnamon is fake smelling, but what yeah. I do is I'm layering scents. So, so you burn an apple candle. That listen, candle. no, no, I'm using a uh, pumpkin spice and wood scented air freshener. Wow, it's wow. one air freshener that has both of those. Together. No, so you're using two. I've customized my scents. I've customized my wow. scents. Then I'm burning a pumpkin pie candle. Then, as the third option, I purchased a seasonal cinnamon broom. Have you guys seen these? No. Jeff, you would like this. I guess I know what it is. Because it's not artificial. It's It's actually pieces of, like, cinnamon sticks. Yeah, like a sagebrush kind of thing? Yeah. cinnamon? It's like little thin slivers of actual cinnamon that are, like, woven into a little broom. So it's kind of like a potpourri ball that you spray with oil? Yeah, but this is just cinnamon, so it just stays. And it's small. It's like the size of my hand. I have it hanging off, like, my key rack. Hand-sized cinnamon is a lot. It's... Tell me my house doesn't smell good, bro. Well, you have a... 
tobacco leaf and bergamot candle burning right now. You did this to me, Jeff. I was not a candle <laughs> guy. I was not a candle guy until Jeff moved into my house, and I was yeah. like, I f- with candles. Sorry, Sorry Jim. Jim. This is the part of the show where we become toy boys, T-O-I boys, talk ourselves into boys. We're talking ourselves into boys and you can't stop us. <laughs> uh, this, no, every week, uh, the whole episode, we talk about a topic like this week is it's kind of a funny story, but we do things in our lives. Sometimes they're interesting, sometimes they're not. So we have to fill some time um, this week. This is a this is a weird one because we we recorded an episode with a friend of the show Dante Avatar the Last Airbender it already uh, is yep, out so go out listen here, to yep. it great episode uh, he didn't sound as good as us because Jimmy's a great producer but he has like a regular mic it was fine it's fine it's a, it, he sounds great on Into the Ninety Nine when he's on that podcast he's on other podcasts and then we we're like you're gonna come back and we're gonna talk you in a Gaslight Anthem and we were pumped because we love the Gaslight Anthem oh yeah and we recorded a long episode it was a great episode it was almost two hours really long. detailed yeah. spoiler alert Dante was talked into it um had to scrap it because Dante decided to use his <laughs> webcam microphone and you could not hear anything yep so I'm reusing my talk ourselves into because <laughs> it was a good one. I'm talking myself into mustache care. Yeah, you now, are. This is not surprising what? to I'm you so guys. surprised. Whoa. But it was funny because we were talking about it and Dan got up and smelled my beard because I was talking about the, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Was about the mustache wax I use from Grave Before Shave and I have a matching beard oil. The I sniffed his accent. whole face. Yeah, yeah that's it's, cute. It's leather and cedarwood scent and it was just really fun. But like, yeah, um, what the reason why I'm talking myself into mustache care is because uh, at this time in COVID, uh, our barber, Ben, at Barbershop 1049, still is not trimming beards or mustaches. 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 You don't want to get under that mask. No. Nope. Which is great. Uh, he's doing all the precautions that you're supposed to do. Very safe to go there. I, I never feel scared that I'm going to contract a virus that will make my asthma make me stop living. And uh, I had to take matters into my own hand. So I... I decided to trim my beard up a little bit, leave my mustache. And my mustache is at that point where if you have a mustache, you know how it like curls into your lip and it's annoying yes. and everything. Hate, Hate it. it. No. It's, it's, <laughs> it's the worst part of having a mustache. Same thing with a beard. Like for the first week or two, it's real itchy and you just have to live through it. So in order to stop that, you get mustache wax. Mm. I hate all these segments because I'm so jealous. <laughs> I'm a person who likes high quality personal care items. Yeah. Great before shave is great too. And Not the a fact sponsor, that but, I cannot well, grow a beard is infuriating to me <laughs> because I'm missing out on this entire market of personal care care products and wonderful scents and curated combs and yeah. all that stuff and i, I have was, their beard wash too it smells like an old school barbershop mm-hmm. and i always have to walk by this section to purchase like my boring razors because i <laughs> i do grow facial hair it's just and pat- i don't have patchy razors. and thin so there we are. so i have to buy these boring <laughs> razors well, no, you got you have uh shaving cream bowls i do i don't use those honestly though, straight uh straight edge razor yeah and i do point. occasionally but it comes down to the point where the, that straight edge razor yeah i don't think that's right straight razor straight razor uh i it's not worth the uh effort basically like mm. the difference between that and like a gillette is not so much that right. that i'm gonna spend an hour every morning shaving with a straight razor what was the longest you've gone without shaving 
Like I've never gone without shaving any part of my face because like my cheeks right. just look horrible. Yeah. I've tried as Jeff can attest several oh, yeah. times to grow like a little chin. Yeah. Not good. Just a chin. Just goatee. don't do it's it. It's not yeah. good. Don't do Honestly, it. you can't even tell until I'm like three weeks in. And By then it just looks in, like there's I'm at dirt. like Jimmy's level right now yeah. who has yeah. a full beard. Yeah. Anyways, I'm just jealous. Yeah, that's it. I'm just uh, growing up the mustache and it's not really handlebar yet, but it is a little. It's a little I dig long. it. You could pull that's out good. the corners. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not going to curl it. I don't want to. I just want it to be more defined. Yeah. And give it a shape. I, I've always thought I had a weak mustache because I don't like when I have to trim my mustache and it's not the same length as my beard. But the wax does the job, baby. Nice. Jimmy. Oh, what are you talking about this week? So I'm going to go for a twofer because technically, yeah, I do want to reuse the one that I use on Dante's episode, but I'm going to say first of my first talking myself into was cutting our losses because I was also very disappointed that episode is not going to be airing because I do love the Gaslight Anthem. And this is the first this is like our 90th episode, something like that. I don't have it in front of me. This is the first time we're not releasing content. Yeah, first time. Even outtakes always at the end of the episodes. I don't think there's anything we've ever not. I mean, we've gone through editing processes with guests and things like that. But there is a woman pulling up in front of my house and rolling down her window. It's very strange. Staring at us. Yeah. She That's found cool. Talk Me in two studios. Um, Come up to the window. We'll give you a pin. Yeah. And Jim, ma'am, do you want a pin? Ma'am. She's getting out. Window. Come to the pheasant in the window. She's smoking a cigarette. She's parked in the middle of the road. Guys, there's a pheasant in the window. That's why I said come to the pheasant in the window. <laughs> All right. Sorry. We had a whole thing that we just had to cut out, but it's fine. Uh, um, I, so I want to jump in right here, Jim. Okay, I'm yeah. really happy that you're the producer of this podcast um, because you have a level of quality that you want to maintain, much right. like I. And I need you on my side because Jeff's response <laughs> is like, F- it. Sorry, Jim. But he's like, just, just put it on. And I'm yeah, like, no. I mean... We've gotten to this pretty well status by maintaining quality, Jeff. Yeah, yeah I didn't want anybody listening to that episode as their first episode. Exactly. And but like, I do want to release it somehow. Yeah, we not, might put it out. We will. Patreon we have some ideas. But no, yeah, it's, it's a good but, um, one. All right. So my actual talking myself into, which was used on that episode, is potentially planning a live talk me into show oh um, so this speaking is, of that yeah we just for the first time did instagram live and we had three wow viewers because it's <laughs> 9 a.m yeah. on the east coast <laughs> yeah um so i was thinking about potentially like this is a dream scenario dream, where dream, we're doing dream we're doing better than pretty well <laughs> and um we're going to be touring like the u.s we're going to be wow. doing a show in the before times <laughs> yeah say COVID is dead this is all done and um, yeah, no, I just had this idea of like how we would do up on stage, how we would start off the show. Of course, we would have to play the theme song as we're walking up on stage. We can and get, Evie would on, have to be there. Hold on. Yeah. Dream scenario. Yeah. Hostage com reunites. Yeah. <laughs> and they yeah, perform they play it. And 30 then, seconds of one of their songs. <laughs> and then they up, leave. And then they're gone. We're saying the quotes into the microphones. Yeah. yeah. It's just a wild romp. Yeah. 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 yeah all of them. <laughs> yeah that's pretty what much are your what guys i don't remember but like yeah we would have to like say like for each show what we're going to be talking each other into so like it's going to be like oh this episode is going to be like so and so and this episode is going to be so and so so it would just be really fun to like get the people into the, the thing as well yeah yeah it'd just be really fun 
that that's what i was it's talking adorable about that you think there's going to be a time after covid still yeah <laughs> well, well people I say mean, that they're like oh yeah well next year we can no no i'm like fully ready to wear a mask for the rest of my life yeah i'm, I'm down with that i'm, <laughs> I'm down to clown um never know that's, damn that's good damn. i don't remember what i talked about on that episode so i'm gonna move forward with a completely new one that okay. is also not even topical anymore guys we're recording a lot of these really early because yes. jeff's gonna have a baby soon so we're stockpiling yeah and uh so at the time of this recording a new album just dropped that i'm really talking myself into oh yeah the new fleet foxes album sure oh yeah so it's real good we did a whole episode i encourage you to go back and listen to us talk jeff into fleet foxes I, one day we need to do a series maybe that'll be something we can do when there's a little bit less time uh we can do a series of like following up on specific topics where we right. can change our minds because i haven't listened to fleet foxes <laughs> more than 30 seconds since we recorded that and that was a yes for me well i really enjoy the new album have you checked out the new album at all I listened to the first song for 30 seconds, fell asleep in my car while driving. I crashed <laughs> into a tree. No, I, that's also a really bad song to judge the album by. I enjoy I it. I was really bored by it, so I turned it well, off. Well, it's definitely an intro. Yeah. I just listened to an interview with Robin Pecknold, who said it's intended to be an intro. He doesn't even sing on I it. Understand. it. has a guest vocalist. Maybe I'll listen to it again. I just... At the time, I was like, I'm too tired to listen to this. <laughs> I encourage you to listen to Can I Believe You, which is probably yeah, the most like it's good. pop song. It has like very catchy hooks. It's like hooks. their single. Yeah. yeah. It's got a nice like through drum beat. Yeah, I'm digging the album hard. It's, it's cool. really good. It's called Soft? Sure. 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 It's, uh, <laughs> it's definitely less introspective. It's uh, more of like an outward facing album, I, I'd yeah, call it. I'd agree with mm. that. Ironically, it's like Robin Pecknold's idea of like a banger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, check out Shore, the new Fleet Foxes album, which has been out for like three months now, but the yeah. time you're hearing this, it's really good. kind of a funny story is very apt it is a it's a book by ned vizzini i believe that is how you pronounce his last name and uh, it was a required reading um for one of my summer vacations when i was in high school really yeah it mm. was and you must have had one of those cool hip beatnik oh, <laughs> it might have been i don't know i'm 22 and this is my first job <clears throat> yeah out of college and i'm still passionate <laughs> <laughs> um so this is um uh, this is a story about depression and um, it, it's it's very much <laughs> Jeff really like that one. Um, <laughs> it's funny because yeah. like 2020 is a story about. Depression. Oh, yeah, it is. Um, so this book uh, is a slight coming of age story. But I think the themes of, of the uh, book kind of are a little bit apt to everybody. Um, it is about this kid who's like going through. He's going through some shit. He's um, he's basically like working his ass off in this um, uh, this like really kind of like executive high school that he has to go to. Well, he doesn't have to. He wanted to go there because he wants to be successful. And um, so, yeah, this is just a book that I really enjoyed. I remember reading it for that summer vacation. I was like, wow, that was actually really good. And I was surprised that they gave that they gave that book to us because it's really funny because sort of like one of the themes of the book is that like high school and shit doesn't really matter. Like hmm. it's pretty much like no, you're, you're worrying about nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we but, all uh, know that. Yeah. If you're in high school or you're about to be in high school, you're going to know that. But um, what I'm going to have you guys read is going up to the point of I should also probably give a trigger warning because we are going to be talking about suicide a lot. 
um this is going to be going to a um basically a suicidal incident where he wants to kill himself and, jimmy um, loves giving us novels to high school students who kill themselves okay well yeah i forgot about uh that that book his friend did uh kill himself unfortunately but um this is a good book because it really does feel a lot like depression like when you're reading and stuff you're like reading what his thoughts are it's very um introspective and Mm. um is it going to make us feel depression i hope not um because i'll be listening to it at work primarily yeah but you can definitely feel that um the author is coming from it from a real personal perspective it's about his um his first time going into a mental hospital and um unfortunately the author did take his own life which is really sad to hear so who are we gonna at when we promote this episode nobody unfortunately um but um it's a really good book and i i think it has a happy ending but i'm going to be giving you guys only 16 chapters it's not going to be that much Uh, guys 17 no um it's uh i don't remember i want you to read all of it but stop right before you find out the end no uh it's very early in the book i think it's only like a third of the book that i'm gonna have mm. you guys read what i've learned through the process of this podcast is jeff is only passionate about reading children books <laughs> everything yeah. else he complains about yep no well, i don't You're know right. i like children books so i'm excited it for it no i don't think this is a children yeah book. No, i've never not. i've heard the name is it a movie they did make a movie out of it it's okay zach galifianakis is in it oh hmm um it's fine i like the book a lot better so that's why i'm having you guys read it instead of watch the movie it would have been better if seth galifianakis was in it (laughs) oh yeah yeah his brother yeah it would have been i have no exposure to this i've never heard of it before and i'm interested based on the way you're describing it do you know about when it was published 2004 i think oh yeah Mm, wow you're young i was almost out of high school by then. i was out of high school (laughs) i mean i read it when it was not that new but um i also have my copy too if you guys wanted to borrow it um i already read it i, I read it in when i was doing nothing at work hey so, should we um, had a bingo done. square where i look to see if it's in my library <laughs> that's true actually because i'm totally about to do that um but yeah it's a short read i think it's the first 16 chapters it's like the when um part three of the book is over and uh Guitar. yeah that's pretty much it cool so i'm gonna have you guys read it and when we come back i'm gonna find out if i talked dan and jeff into it's kind of a funny story and we're gonna spoil the first 16 chapters yes we're chapters. gonna spoil the first 16 chapters cool and if you like it you guys can read hey on. guys yes it's at the new haven public library Woo! Yay. i'm about to rent it borrowed is this really kind of a funny story guys is it really didn't seem super funny to was me was it funny I think it has a few laugh out. Yeah, there's moments. some parts. There's some parts I'm like, huh, I relate to that because we're like the same age. <laughs> well, I'm much older because. Yeah. 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 Now. Because you lived. Like, yeah. I meant like the same time period. I like what you just did there. You like that? <laughs> Jeff like stress drops things every episode, but this time it wasn't his phone. It was, he just like <laughs> shook and his like paper almost fell no, off. No, I'm, I'm talking with my Manos. Yeah. Me Manos. Yeah. yeah. He's Italian. He's got to. Yeah. Yeah. This was a. Uh, we read sixteen chapters. 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 Yep. We're gonna we're gonna spoil. It's yeah. kind of a funny story. It's about a guy named Craig. 
Mm-hmm. Got Craig some Gilner. problems. Yeah. yeah, he's in uh, he's in high school at the time, and I did like how it started out. He's like hanging out with his friends, and it's just this grotesque description of a bachelor pad, which I've been to many times <laughs> and have lived in. Mm. And I was like, I relate to this. Yeah. I I could see this so clearly in my head as he's painting the picture. I'm like, okay, that's this apartment. That person is this person I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm that person. And it also hits you right off the top of the head of. Um um it's hard to do stuff when you want to kill yourself hmm. yeah like, oh boy i mean i've never wanted to kill myself but i could see how that could be a thing yeah jimmy yeah. no I'm, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying like yeah i could definitely see that um depression hits you hard man yeah he talks about just like the effect that it has on him as far as just getting out of bed right that's true stories yeah um so yeah he's he's at a crash pad his, i think it's his friend aaron's house right yep mm-hmm. and um I mean, I think Jeff and I both like sort of just sped through this. We listen to audiobooks, mm-hmm. so I don't think we need to get too finite in here. No, we're not gonna. We like, just kind of yeah. give a quick overview. Craig is uh, he's depressed and he's overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Um, he seems to have uh, what I would consider like an undiagnosed eating disorder. Yeah, he calls it like his cycles. Right. Yeah. Uh, of when he like basically like can eat can eat. And he like sort of binges. He eats everything in front of him, mm-hmm. and then he can't eat, which is interesting. It's it's not really binging and purging. He's not consciously doing it to stay skinny or anything like that. Right. It doesn't have doesn't seem to have body image contained within it. It seems to be tied more into his depression and anxiety. Yeah, which is not something I've ever seen before. Yeah. Um. That's what he called his fake shift, right? When he has no appetite, and then. No, his fake shift is when he thinks he's getting better, but he's really not. Oh, yeah. So basically over the course of what we read, he was depressed. Mm -hmm. Um, He started seeing a a psychologist or a a pharmacologist or something like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to prescribe. Basically, yeah. And then also seeing a string of psychology or therapists. Yeah. Yeah. Psychotherapists. For talk therapy, right, which had varying degrees of success, mm-hmm. not many, because he like listed them all off and why yeah. he liked them or didn't like them. Yeah, um, I don't think he ever really truly like delved into the nature of like what causes him to be depressed or anxious. Mm-hmm. Um, his terminology is really interesting. Like you talked about his fake shift, which is when he was prescribed um, was it Xanax? It wasn't Xanax. I don't Zoloft exactly. something. Yeah, but he was, might have been Zoloft. Oh yeah, it, it was Zoloft. Um. And he, after it starts to kick in, he had what he calls his fake shift, which is like a very common thing for mm-hmm. people who are on like anti-anxiety, anti-depression pills. Um, speaking from personal experience, it takes a while to get into your mm-hmm. system and then it sneaks up on you. You right. almost like after three weeks, you start feeling better because you haven't like just started taking them. Mm-hmm. You're like, is this the medicine or am I just feeling better? And especially because it comes on sort of gradually, it's not like flipping a switch one day you wake up and you're like, I'm fine. It's just like gradually, like those thoughts get less and less. Mm -hmm. And um, so he undergoes this fake shift, which is like really common and decides to throw away his medicine, which is also really common. That's not just for mental uh, health. That's for everything. People do it all the time. Oh, I start to feel better. I'm not going to finish this regimen. Exactly. How many times do antibiotics like say right on the packaging? Don't stop. Yeah. Yeah. Take until finish. Take until completion. Yeah. Because people are dumb. Yeah. They're like, oh, I'm better. My sore throat is gone. I don't need those pills anymore. And that's like exactly what Craig does. You big dummies out there. Then what happens is um, 
all the effect that has like built up in his system of this positive, you know, I'm using the word effect a lot, but this <laughs> drug in his system has built up right. and then he stops. He goes yeah. cold turkey. So now all these like endorphins and hormones are leaving his brain rapidly, which causes him to crash. Right. Yeah. So he's probably worse than he initially was. Mm-hmm. Um, And we see like this sort of like strange, like suicide attempt, I guess. Suicidal thoughts, I guess, is more right, accurate. Yeah. It's when you start to see him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we saw earlier in the novel, he flirted with suicide. Uh, mm-hmm. He was like hanging out with his friend Aaron on a bridge. And you're jumping all over the place. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was just sort of not we going can. No, chronologically. We can. Yeah. I, I thought going... we were going to go chronologically, okay. but not chapter by chapter. But we can go wherever you want. I was going to just sort of say like about where he ended up and then go back like the book does to some some of the okay, causes. Yeah. Right. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Because so, there is a flashback early on about him as a kid and um kind of like with anxiety issues trying to draw manhattan mm-hmm. and not being able to do it until mm-hmm. his mom's like nobody can do that it's like why don't you make up your own maps yeah and i i think it's not just anxiety he has compulsive tendencies right. yeah obsessive tendencies he also has this very strong desire to please his parents and live up to expectations right and he sets sort of insurmountable goals for himself and then becomes depressed when he doesn't reach them that's what I got a lot of out of it is basically like all of these goals that he's trying to do. It's just like you can't do them. Like, yeah, it's just something that you just can't really live up to. And like, I know a lot of people that are like that. I know people that need to be perfect. I know people that need to get 100 on every test. And- yeah, I I um, I question the realism of this because or not necessarily the realism, but the relatability of it. Mm. Um, This character for me may fall on some form of like autism spectrum. Do you guys get any of that vibe? Yeah, I got strong vibes, but I also mm-hmm. didn't know if it was like with the, the compulsion to draw a map perfectly. <laughs> I didn't know if that was like a, an Asperger's thing mm-hmm. or just like something else, like some other sort of mental health issue. Yeah. Um, because he does have other compulsions. He does have, very particular things he likes to eat or mm. ways to do things or very socially awkward too we see when he meets Nia later on at parties like is that just a I'm a teenage boy thing or is that I don't know how to interact with uh, society right so I could totally I could see, that. see that autism part another Maybe. part that sort of sheds some evidence on that being one of his issues for me is um, his clear path of expectations for his life which is like so finitely laid out and so um reliant on certain key points Mm -hmm. there's like there's no bending for him it's like right go to this school to get into a good college to get into a good job to make a lot of money to have a house to have a wife and kids yeah it's he's like decided that this is what happiness is yeah um which to me sort of speaks decided or told by like society you know right his parents seem pretty understanding though yeah i can see what you're saying like society um but he has sort of to me that reflects a level of disassociation um of sort of like what you see with people with asperger's and autism where they're trying to mirror the idea of success because they don't have their own personal 
idea of success. You know what I'm saying? Like they've mm-hmm. set these arbitrary benchmarks. Right. Yeah. I, that to me is just anybody. I don't think you need to be autistic. The way he like repetitively laid it out in the same order and stuff. I think that's is just that, the anxiety. Is that just, is, or is that the character? Or is that just the author? Mm. Not doing his yeah, job maybe. well. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I do agree with you. There might be something else there. I mean, Jimmy, you, you mentioned, I don't remember if this was even on pod, but you drew comparisons with um, Perks of Being a Wallflower. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, where that rings truest is this sort of like triad, uh, this sort of love triangle situation. Yeah. This where he, um, his best friend is Aaron or his only friend, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then there's a girl that starts hanging out with them, Nia. Yeah. He's interested in her, but he can't make the move. Like right. he can't make it clear that he's interested. And she ends up with Aaron. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> it becomes this whole thing where she seems to have affection towards him, mm-hmm. but it's but questionable. He pick up on it and he doesn't yeah. act on it. And it's also questionable as to her level of affection. Is it just friendship? Right. Is yeah. she concerned about him because yeah. she's a friend and he, she knows he's going through something? Or, like, he sort of builds it up to the, become this whole, like, star-crossed lovers thing. Like, we're meant to be together, but he mm. didn't make he didn't make the move, so it didn't happen. And she kind of yeah. tells him that later on. I mean, after her and Aaron are already a thing. Yeah. That, you know, she liked him, and he just didn't seem interested in her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, in his head, he's building it up as this huge romance, but he's not showing it. He's not saying it. Mm. And that's another thing. Like, is it because he it doesn't pick up on social cues or is he just an awkward boy? Because like how old is he? Like 13 to 15? I think he's 15. 16? Yeah. yeah. 15 or 16. And he's he's also but also he I don't know how graphic you want to get here, but he doesn't know the difference between uh you know he doesn't know what eating out is or like making out oh, or right. going all yeah. the way. I feel like at 15 especially with the internet you at least know what those things are yeah he seems um i think it's part of his obsessive compulsive tendencies that he's pretty disassociated uh, i mean when they start this flashback he has been withdrawn from everyone to study for this placement exam yeah um basically he obsessed over this ex- uh placement exam to get into an advanced high school I'm not sure if it's a physically different high school or if it's a program within the high school. I, I think, think it's, it's like a magnet that. school kind of thing. I think so. Yeah, okay. I think it's a different school. So he became obsessed with this because this was the first step of his right. goals that he's yeah. laid out. And uh, he literally like does nothing but study and he ends up scoring a perfect score. Yeah. Um, which sort of to me is like possibly the first step in his downfall. Yeah, it is. Because he was able to score a perfect score on this and and get into the school he wanted, it makes the rest of his goals seem much more attainable than they actually are. Mm, that's true. If he had about that. if he had like just barely passed or not passed and not gotten into the school, he would have been forced to confront his humanity, his yeah, his failings early on. earlier on. Instead, he's given this inflated sense of like, I can do this. Then right. when he can't do it. He feels immense guilt mm-hmm. um, to the point where he remarks that he's getting 93s. Yeah. Which are like a trash grade for him. <laughs> yeah. 
I was like so excited when I got a 93. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Shit, if yeah. I got a 70, I'd be like, yeah, I'm not <laughs> failing. Were yeah. you guys good students in school? Oh, no. I got like BCs. No, my senior year, I had to skip my study halls and go Some back A's. to my math class so she could give me a second chance so I would pass and not stay back. Wow. Because I didn't give a shit about it. Yeah. And I, I feel was, like real the three of us probably fell into that category that a lot of people do, which are like, you're so smart if you just applied yourself. Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then I got into college. Well, I mean, granted, it was community college. <laughs> got <but> in. I, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I paid. They were like, do you want to go here? You're in. Then when I went to community college, I was like getting hundreds and, yeah. and everything. And then I stopped caring about it. <laughs> Once you realize school is bullshit, that's when your grades start to drip. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting to see the other side of the spectrum, which is someone that's like obsessed with school. Yeah, I mean, I know people like that. Like, one of my best friends is like that, so... But also, I don't want to say, like, that we're... I don't... I still think if I studied my ass off and stuff and I got a 93, I'd be fine with that. Yeah, I That's where he's at a level of obsession that's yeah. different than the average person. Yeah. Can we take a break and talk about some of the really unintentionally funny stuff in here? Sure. <laughs> sure. So, uh, I listened to the audiobook just because uh, it's convenient. And or mm-hmm. before we started recording, Jimmy was like, did you guys listen to it or read it? We said we listened. He was like, I hope it doesn't, like, stay you. Yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't. Like, I understand that, like, even if it's a terrible production. Yeah, or, like, yeah. I'm going for the content. But this actor, I feel like every audiobook actor is the same guy because they all <laughs> sound exactly the same. Yeah. Maybe they are. But when he pretends to be a 15 year old. Yeah. From oh, it's the an early older guy, 2000s, not, a, not a younger guy. Yeah. When he goes, yo, what up, Biatch? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I There's almost, a lot of that. I almost dribbled pee at my desk chair because I was cringing <laughs> so hard. Funny. Every time he had to do Aaron, I was like, no, stop this. <laughs> plus, I listened to it on 1.5 speed. So, so he's like, uh, yeah, what up, Biatch? It's real funny. And then and just like some of the dialogue um some sort of internet capable playlist it's just funny now in retrospect yeah. uh aaron is an interesting character uh i want to talk a little bit yeah. about because yeah. um when we meet aaron he's pretty intolerably annoying and like doesn't seem like a great guy mm. and then in the flashback you find out that he actually was a pretty nice guy and was friends with Craig when probably not a lot of other people were willing yeah. to because he was awkward. Uh, and basically, he becomes a giant pothead. Yeah. Which kind of turns him into a douche. Yeah. Um, I know people like that. Drugs are bad. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, I wow, thought that was... real cool, making a South Park <laughs> reference yeah. that everybody makes. From like 20 <laughs> years ago. I, I feel like um, that was sort of an interesting way to show an arc of a character, which instead of yeah. like a long arc you're juxtaposing flashbacks with yeah. um and you're like present day. you're not seeing the arc you're seeing the beginning and the end right yeah you fill like, in the gaps yeah um not not a great guy to nia but also no. like a very common immature teenage boy thing to do also a dude who gets pretty much everything that he wants without yep. trying and he has like the cool parents to let him do whatever he wants yeah. have parties and he's just like I'm turning her into a freak. Yeah. Like, that's like s- such a teenage Chad. guy thing to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, dude, not only can you get the girl when your friend can't, but you're not even just like happy to be nice to her. You have to like turn her into a freak. Right. And just like joke around with your friends about how you like banged her in the other room while they were all there and stuff. Nice. So trashy. <laughs> Decent. I, I yeah. was Craig in a lot of social situations. So like those type of vibes hurt me where you see like the girl right. you like 
being mistreated by her boyfriend. Yeah. We've all been there. Yeah. Yeah. Feels. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else. Like there, there's a lot of stuff like the, the soldier in his head. That yeah. He came up with it's just like this inner voice. And mm-hmm. when he's asked if he hears voice, he's like, no, no. that's my voice. <laughs> what do you guys? It's not another voice. So what do you guys think of that? He sort of has an inner struggle with whether to say that he hears voices or not. He decides to say that he doesn't because he says that it's just a variation of his own voice. Right. Yeah. What do you guys fall on that? Do you think he is hearing voices, which would sort of point towards yeah, I think an additional uh, diagnosis? Yep. Yeah, I think he is, too. And I think the rest of the book kind of gets into that, if I'm remembering correctly correctly um it but, sort of flirts yeah. with the idea of schizophrenia as well a little heading. yeah i tend to agree with him in that to me it feels like a more it could just be like a coping mechanism right too. it feels like a more self-indulgent version of yeah. like a conscience right yeah um or like an inner um propulsion to do better mm-hmm. um so i think he gives it more of a personality than a normal person would right but i also don't think see on uh, true schizophrenics with like auditory hallucinations um are compelled to do things against their better interests often mm. or outside of their interests um whereas i don't think that ever happens with him yeah i would agree with that i do like how they had a pretty lengthy scene uh where he's having dinner with his family because it sets up his family mm-hmm. as like they are supportive they're a tight family. Uh, you know, he's like, there's nothing like you would expect in a book like this where you see this character being shit on by life. Like maybe his dad beats him or like mm. he has like a dead parent or like. His or they just don't get assholes. his issues. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But like you you see his family at dinner. They're having a normal conversation. It even flashbacks at one point to when he tells his parents that he's depressed. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that it was good to show that like even with all of this support familial support emotional support yeah people aren't necessarily okay and and they do a good job of what i feel is like a realistic look from the parents point of view which is that they clearly don't understand no they they still try to like get him to eat more and stuff like that and and they're like waiting outside the bathroom door for him but they are they're supportive you know what i'm saying so it's this dichotomy of they're doing the best they can. They're mm-hmm. doing too much. No, they're not doing too much. <laughs> they're doing the best they can, but they also, I don't think, grasp the severity of it. Yeah. I think I they're just that. like, I don't get you, but I'm trying to help. <laughs> it's kind of funny reading this as an adult now. I'm sort of looking at it more from the uh, the parents' perspective. Yeah. That's when you start to realize you're getting older. Yeah. Um, Preach, dude. <laughs> which is like, what would I do? If, right, exactly. If I, if if I had this kid, kid who was struggling and right. I didn't know how to help. Yeah, exactly. Which I thought it was, it's really interesting. And that's, that's also a nice thing about reading like these quote, uh, coming of age stories or whatever. You kind of look at it from a different perspective than you did when you were a kid. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a lot more to say. I do want to talk about his cry for help slash suicide attempt yeah, yeah which yeah. is where we kind of leave off like dan mentioned before they were joking around playing on like the was it the verrazano bridge or the brooklyn bridge uh brooklyn, brooklyn. bridge yeah, yeah so yeah they were on the brooklyn bridge they and, were all high and they were just like leaning out over yeah the water and he keeps and thinking about that and like how freeing it was and that's what leads him to thoughts of suicide to escape mm-hmm. and he does reach out for help he calls all the numbers he does all the right things and that's what i also really like about it too is that like if you are having this these sort of thoughts or you're struggling with this, like it shows you what to do. But it also doesn't like 
oversimplify it. It doesn't no. feel like it's an infomercial for suicide. Yeah, help exactly. Because like they don't do a great job initially at helping right. him. Like the first number he calls is a local number that goes like, to, oh, we're busy tonight. He's like, you mean that there's a hundred other people? Yeah, yeah. And they're also just like, try calling this other number, which is yeah. like not a great no. response to someone <laughs> like it takes as the second woman he speaks to, like says, like it takes a tremendous amount of courage just to make that phone call yeah so the idea that they're like redirecting him is like frightening like how many times out of yeah. 100 would he just hang up and kill himself right yep. yeah um so then uh where we left off it's where he kind of gets institutionalized yep the woman on the phone is basically like like listen what you're going through is a medical emergency it has to be taken seriously which is like a great response yeah yep. And she's just like, go to a hospital. Yeah. Because it's like, if you were in another medical emergency, you would call 911 or go to a hospital. Right. And it's true. Like, he's he's literally on the verge of life and death. And he yeah. needs help. Yeah. And so he he walks out of the house, goes to the hospital. And I don't know what happens next. That's where it ends. Yeah, that's where, well, that's where we stopped it. I yeah. thought it was a good stopping point, though. You're welcome. I knew, I knew that's where I wanted to go with the book. I mean, I was thinking about having you guys read the whole thing, but um, yeah, I mean, like, basically the bulk of the book is him in the hospital and um, the, the characters that he meets there. Right. They're quite characters. Even though we got through 16 chapters, if felt like we got through like the prologue. Yeah, yeah, prologue. I agree. Yeah, it was 16 chapters, audiobook. I think it was two out of uh maybe three out of eight hours long um so yeah, yeah like a third of the way through something like yeah, that yeah. and i do way. when you said it was a movie with zach alfanakis i remember trailers of him being institutionalized mm-hmm. or at least zach alfanakis in there i don't know yeah. who plays the kid um and i was like oh that's the rest of this book yeah <laughs> like, yeah you guys are basically like just starting the book yeah if you were uh to be talked into it but um yeah, I mean, like, sort of my final push before I guess I guess you guys uh, the question is that um, there's still a whole lot left. Um, there's... But not too much. It's still easy to. Yeah, exactly. It's very consumable. Um, I think the the hospital stuff was pretty good. Um, just sort of like figuring out like um, uh, his path to take after um, the suicidal attempt, thoughts, whatever it is. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Do you guys have any overall thoughts or? Mm, gonna ask the question i don't first. know we might have to ask the question first yeah that's fine all right I, I only have a couple more things to say about dan and jeff did i talk you into finishing it's kind of a funny story <gasps> no. yes oh, I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> so dan you're interested so jimmy yeah. i was a no until you phrased that question because wow. I I you am going to finish into it. it literally. You talked me into finishing it. Okay. I am curious. I want to see where it goes, where it ends, especially because there's like a whole like side of the book that we haven't seen. Right. I didn't love what I read so far. Okay. I'm intrigued. That's what I wanted to do is intrigue you to reading the rest of it. That was my plan. And I do have some more overall thoughts, but I want to hear from Jeff. All right. So as as a story. It was fine. Mm-hmm. There was nothing crazy, nothing standout, nothing that really caught my attention. Yeah, I thought it was done well, um, just showing Craig and his internal monologue, showing his support system or like his friends and the people around him. Mm-hmm. There weren't any other like characters that really captured me. Like Aaron didn't do much for me. Nia didn't do much for me. Like his family was there, but like there was no character that I was like, whenever they show up, I'm like, yeah, this kid. Yeah, they right. felt really. Um, 
one dimensional. Yeah, I get that. And I will say if you were to finish it, they are barely in the book now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I bet you we're going to see some multidimensional characters that will end up being played by Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, he's definitely... so there's also a thing that well, first of all, it's not relatable to me at all. And I understand maybe that's not the case. Well, I don't think characters need to be relatable to be enjoyable. But when coming of age stories, I kind of think that they do have to be like I did I relate to a lot of like the funny technology stuff like playing Halo 2. I remember going home from high <laughs> school and playing Halo 2 after band practices. Um, but I would argue that uh, you can empathize without being able to yes, relate. Yeah. So but. But I, I didn't re- I did empathize, but I didn't relate. And I think knowing where this author ended up affected my answer. Yeah, it's I'm a not, tough context. I'm, oh, I'm not sure. I'm 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 almost positive this is autobiographical. Oh, yeah, it, it has to be. Is. I don't know how much is true, how much is fake. But yeah. Reading very briefly about him. Um, uh, his, his, Nia was very much like his wife. Uh, he did have a brother. And he did have a close family. They did grow up in Brooklyn. Um, a lot of similar stuff. And he ended up jumping off of the roof of his parents' house. Mm-hmm. Much like, so when... But a lot older. This, he was 30, 31. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, and I don't know in the book. And if, I don't if, think if Craig kills insti- himself. I don't think he was institutionalized as a child either. I think he was a young adult. Yeah, I don't know. I think he, he basically took his stories and put them in a teenage no and so for me personally this is hard to express because whereas i can't relate to somebody going through these problems i think it's good that it's brought to the forefront so people mm-hmm. who may be going through this will see the movie will read the book will, right will well even get help but even if it doesn't help them at least like we're okay with talking about it yeah man. totally and yeah. it's not like the idea of suicide and mental health in general has been like closeted for so long so creating like art about it uh, just allows people to feel more comfortable having these conversations i'm happy with it being a young adult book as well too because this was definitely one of the first books that i read where these sort of things were being tackled and i mean when the book came out the author was still alive yeah but i have a problem yeah i read it when he was still alive i have a personal problem that i don't know how to express maybe but like yeah it's kind of like the glorification of this and i I got that Mm -hmm. a lot with anthony bourdain's suicide Mm because he was a guy in his life who glorified death and ending yourself and then he ends up doing it and i don't like that because it's kind of counterproductive because this guy wrote a book about suicide maybe to get it off his own chest maybe maybe to help others but then he ends up doing it and i'm not saying that's something that was an easy decision or you know it takes a lot to actually do that and i wish he hadn't and he was still here Mm -hmm. but there's like a line in the book that says uh it would be a cool thing if i got really famous we're talking about Mm -hmm. him I didn't know about this guy. Would we be talking about him had he not killed himself? Like, was this book as popular as it was before? It was, yes. it was very popular. It was okay. already a movie before he killed himself. Was yeah. it? Yeah, yeah oh, okay. it was. All right. Um, I, I, I read but, it when when he was still alive. And, that, and that's just me. It's a really weird thing that. to say. It's a really awkward conversation to have. But it's not something that interests me. And because I know how he turned out, I'm mm. not interested in how the book I don't turns out. view it the same way as you do. I don't think he glorifies it, and I, I feel more sad. I don't think intentionally. I think, like, he lost his fight, which is, like, a very sad thing to me. That it he is. He obviously very. struggled for a lot of his life. Right. Um, I guess where I'm coming from, I kind of agree with Jeff 
it feels very of a genre to me and we've been exposed to a lot of this genre from what apparently is sad teenage boy jimmy (laughs) Um, and things that you've exposed us to are much better Mm. i just i don't think it's bad i just think it's very like formulaic and maybe this was a is very personal to him and we're gonna get a lot more personal and specific in the second half of the book that's why i'm going to listen to it right um but this first part felt like it could be any of these things i was looking hear that yeah i was looking for a little bit more specificity the parts that i liked best were those specific things right um i love the terminology of like the tentacles yeah and the anchors yep we didn't talk about that yeah that the way he views his mental illness feels very personal and unique to me Mm -hmm. um and i that's why i'm interested to see where that goes because i'm imagining that he's gonna have to confront those things yeah during his institutionalization so you did pick a great stopping point Mm -hmm. if you had us read the whole book i wouldn't be upset i'd probably have the same answer as i have now i don't know that's why i'm intrigued because i think it could i think it has the potential to become much much more likable for me um right now it just feels a little generic so if you had said did i talk you into right yeah it's kind of funny story i would probably say no i get that yeah um i think like i said the bulk of the book is him in the hospital and we're gonna meet a whole bunch of different characters and i mean i haven't read it but in, the thing is is like kid, but you're saying that there's a lot of other characters i was introduced to a lot of characters that i have no attachment to and right. i don't care for so it's not really a selling point to me that there's more or that there's right. different characters. Whereas to me, I'm thinking those will also be one dimensional. Well, here's here's a point that I sort of thought about. Um, and Jimmy, you can correct me if I'm wrong or maybe I'll correct myself when I finish listening. But is it possible that these characters are intentionally one dimensional because make him shine? Well, no, but because the book is first person narrated and Craig is so withdrawn and so out of touch with i think that could be one way to view it but i don't think that was the author's intention we'll know when we get into the when he starts recovering if he's able to empathize and assimilate more Mm. um one last thing i want to say before we move on this isn't exactly specific to the book but um jimmy how old are you now uh 25 you're 25 years old you're of age Yes. We, we need to start getting you into some adult, adult <laughs> <I know>. culture. <laughs> no, it's fine. Jimmy still hasn't grasped that he's grown up, I don't think. He's, he still <laughs> thinks that like he's about to make some realization about about adulthood, and it hasn't happened yet. He's out there searching. <laughs> no, it's just that I don't really read a lot anymore. So like these books are just books and that movies. I said to have read. No, I watch a ton of other movies. What are you talking well, about? Well, you've been talking us into a lot of coming of age Well, that's stuff. because we watch so much stuff that's the same that he yeah, has to Yeah, we all have like the same shit. So Jimmy has like found his little corner of entertainment, which is like teenagers who are having <laughs> hard times. I mean, I did when I was a kid. How yeah. about next week I talk you guys into music? You like music, Also, right? as Jimmy's, uh, real quick, as Jimmy's family <laughs> member, I'm also like, how did I miss that Jimmy was such a sad teenager? <laughs> I wasn't that sad. Oh, judge. <laughs> Judging by what you were reading, you were like, the world is a vampire. <laughs> okay. All right, Jim. You guys like music, right? Yeah. Well, next week, I am going to talk you into William Onyabar, who you have heard of. I know. I done. What? 
What? <laughs> You've never heard? Have you heard? Are you? Do you no, know? No. All right. He is. He was a because uh, he's dead. Uh, he was a Nigerian music man. Did you just say from, he's dead to the my wife impression? <laughs> he's dead. Uh, he's a Nigerian who made some funky music in the seventies and eighties, and we'll talk about him more next week. But that's what we're getting into. There's a little video I'm going to have you watch about him, and then a playlist. Okay. And it's in the show notes for this week and next week. So. That'll be that'll be fun. Fun. Dan. Yeah. Where can people find Talk Me Into online? Oh boy. We are on the socials horde right Every now. Every week on the socials. Yeah. He uh, says it. He says it like I'm my 73-year-old say, aunt says Walmarts. Can I short <laughs> everything's plural? Yeah. Can I shorten social media to SM? We are on SM, SM right now, guys. Big Daddy Social Media. Yeah. Let's get some BDSM in here. Uh on Twitter, on the Twitter sphere <laughs> at Talk Me Into. Uh we got a we got an Instagram that Jeff's doing a really fun uh retrospective look back at our previous episodes. Yeah, if you missed some episodes, you yeah. didn't feel like scrolling a little bit, I'll tell you every day what episode you should listen <laughs> to. It's on on Instagram <laughs> at Talk Me Into Pod. Um we're on there's, Facebook. There's some fun stuff, some little quizzies. Our we website, live. We went yeah. live on there before. Our website it's talkmeinto.com um what else we're on all the major podcast apps we got a patreon.com slash talk me into we're on youtube if you search talk me into uh you can email us if you feel so inclined talk me into at gmail.com jimmy where can people find you on the socials sparrowed uh you can find me at son of a fitch on sm yeah all sm on uh s-o-n-n-a-b-a-f-i-t-c-h on twitter instagram and youtube where i'm posting a new show called late to the game you can also follow my uh new twitter account it's late to the gamer i wanted it to be late to the game but that was already taken (laughs) so it's late to the gamer i'm the late to the gamer jeff where can people find you on people can find me on twitter at jeffff27 jeff of five f's the number 27 and on instagram at large hard on collider dan yeah where can people find you in SMville? <laughs> well, on uh, on Twitter, Farmville. You could find me under the name Danny underscore Breakdown. What about Mafia Wars? What's your gamer tag? <laughs> uh, big tough Jimmy to tongue. <laughs> uh, no, oh, Danny it. underscore Breakdown. Uh, you can also find my band on Instagram at old with an e old underscore dogs. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into. What will we talk you into next? Stand alive, stand alive. What's the reference? Because not suicide? Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. (laughs) Killing it. (laughs) Oof. My name is Jeff, and I've entered the Saturday Night Live on... Hold on. Sorry, Jim. Uh... <laughs> Just ended on That's... the sorry, Jim. <laughs> yep. Wow. <laughs> she's... Ma'am! Hold on. She doesn't know you're there. Who's she talking to? I don't know who she's talking to. She's literally to. walking up here. Do you hear my dad's voice or something? Wait. Jim, you want to just stop this? No, no. I'll keep it going. Oh, I'm keeping it going. No, she looked at me. Who the f***? Sorry, Jim. Lights a cigarette as you walk into somebody's yard. That is so disrespectful. Hold on. I, I need to find out more about this. Is her car just like parked in the road too? It seems yes. like it is. For the most part, it is. Open the window. No, we get the smoking. <laughs> Who's she talking to? Probably my dad. I think she saw me. I think she looked in my eyes. <laughs> All right, sure. we have to keep going because it's 10, oh, yeah. 10.35. Let's keep going. All right.
Papa, why you no love me no more? <laughs> Thank you for continuing to listen. Am I coming in at a decent volume? Yeah, you're good. Okay. Which oh, track am I? I gotta, the second two. Okay. Yeah. I got to do something different. You're always two. You're Oops. always the shit. <sighs> number two. Who does number two work for? <clears throat> you remember that reference? No. It's Austin Powers. Thank you. It's ostentatious. That's how cool I am. I fucking quote Austin Powers. And then you fucking reprimand us. Do you know what that's from? <laughs> I'm just going to drink some almonds real quick. Today I got real sad and watched the uh, Adam Sandler, Chris Farley song. I don't know why I did oh, that today. Man. I was like, oh. Why does he do stuff like that and make me think that Adam Sandler's good and then come <laughs> out with Hubie Halloween? <laughs> I watched his, um, I don't know why it popped up, but I watched his SNL monologue and then that popped up after. But um, his SNL monologue is pretty funny. Did yeah. you ever hear his interview with Stern where he basically said he doesn't care about making movies? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's I like, would do the same thing. I agree with him. He's like, I just look at it as something fun to do. He's like, me and my friends just sit around, write a script and yeah. shoot it and have as much fun as possible. Yeah. And make a fuck ton of money somehow. Yeah. He's literally made like four movies in Hawaii just because he wanted to go to Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. Good on him. Mm. And then <sighs> actually be a good actor once every 10 years. Mm. Yeah. Punch Drunk Love. Yeah. Uncut, Uncut, Uncut gems, gems. And that's it. He tried in Funny People, but. I liked him in Funny People. It was okay. Whatever. Let's record. I liked him in Funny People. I didn't really love Funny People. Yeah. I thought it was okay. Too long. Yeah. For that kind of movie. I can't read my writing. I can't read so my writing. So let's just go kind of like by the flow. We don't have to go chapter by chapter. Sure. Even though I broke it down by chapter. <laughs> I listened to it all on like one sitting, so. Okay. 